Covey Clubbers and you reinventors for Reinvent Yourself with Leslie Jane Seymour. I'm Leslie Jane Seymour and I am the founder of this podcast and of Covey Club, which I hope you will come over and visit because we talk a lot about reinvention. It's CoveyClub.com. Wander on over, put the word reinvention into little spyglass in our search area And you will find hundreds of articles, essays, how-tos, and everything to get you started. So today, I'm really excited. We're going to talk about murdering mediocrity. How many of us have been afraid of falling into mediocrity accidentally? I know that every one of you, if you've come to Cubby Club, you are probably a hard-driving overachiever and think you're mediocre all the time when you are not, so not not that kind of thinking, but it can happen. And sometimes it can happen without you knowing. And what I love is we have this wonderful conversation with Shilpa Kulshresh, who is a coach and a best-selling author. And she has a wonderful TEDx that you should listen to as well. And she's so frank about what happened to her when she, a woman who has four, count them, four graduate degrees, okay, this is no slouch, fell into mediocrity after several decades in her work and admits that she just slid there and didn't realize it and couldn't figure out how to get out. She has so much words of wisdom for all of us, so many ideas, You must listen to this great conversation. She's so revealing and so honest. I think you will really enjoy this conversation with Shilpa. Hi, Shilpa. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad to have you here. Hi, Leslie. It's my pleasure. Absolute pleasure. And I love the fact that you're down under... And it is evening here in New Orleans, and you are just getting up and you're drinking your coffee, it looks like. Yes, it's a bright, sunny Sydney morning here. Fabulous. So we want to talk a little bit about your personal reinvention. So why don't you tell us about, first of all, I always love to go back and find out like, you know, where people grew up and how they grew up and why they become reinventors. So tell us a little bit about where you grew up and um, what did you think you were going to do with your life and very quickly how that might have changed. Sure. So my story started, in fact, I entered a big bad world in a small town of India called Dehradun. And my uh, parents were from education background. My dad was a professor and my mom, a school principal. So you can imagine the emphasis that would be there on education. So yes. growing up, I was told, if you if you uh, read well, if you are well-educated, then you know, uh, you're set for life. So I followed suit. I followed the conditioning. I followed the family and the background, everything. I had packaged myself well in four professional degrees. So I was a CA, four? a CP. Yes. yes. Oh my goodness. You are such a Covey girl. You're such a Covey overachiever. Welcome to the overachiever group. <laughs> yeah. And I realized it, realized it very late down the journey because um, 
uh, I realized even with a CA, CPA, MBA, law graduate, you know, oh. I did start off fine, but somewhere in the middle, I realized that was not that will get me success in the real world. So yeah, um, being a school topper, national level ranker, gold medalist, everything. And at a point I realized that, no, that was not something that is going to get me to the greatest heights in life. Wow, you have four graduate degrees and you realized that was not it for you. What was it that made you realize that? So uh, when I started, I continued to be called the one with the Midas touch, something that I had achieved in my uh, education years. So in my first job, that's what they called me. And I was like really happy. Who doesn't like success? And who doesn't like to be called as someone with a Midas touch? Uh, it all continued earnestly and um, I was basking in the glory of it all. And somewhere down the line, 10 years down the line, especially with women, it happens. Uh, you get married, you get pregnant, you have kids, you shift cities, you follow your husband's footsteps, you change countries. And in this hustle and bustle of life, somewhere I started giving my bare minimum to work. So uh -huh. I didn't realize when it happened, how it happened, uh, what came to me, but I just bit, went deep into the layers of mediocrity. I would have never realized it, honestly, until wow. 2018, when my company said, enough of you, enough of your non-glamorous contribution, we don't need you anymore. And this was a wake-up call for me. And what were you doing? What was the job that you were doing? I was a transformation leader in one of the top four banks in Australia. So I was uh, managing projects, uh, programs. That's what I was doing. So shifted from, uh, life has given me a lot of chances. I started in finance and then got into IT. And then I got into something totally different. So I was managing IT. Okay. Managing IT. Okay. And you just... You just sort of, you didn't realize you were slipping into mediocrity. Was it because you were overwhelmed with your family and children and uh, all of that? Good, good question. Uh, I wasn't overwhelmed, honestly. In my mind, there was always this conflict that uh, my, that I have to choose between my family and my career. Forever right. this conflict went on. Nobody asked me to do that, but... I always felt that family is the highest priority, which is, but, you know, continuously telling myself that I started keeping my career in the backseat and it went on for years, for years. And because I kept it in the backseat, I started, you know, going backward in that. And I didn't realize it. I would go to office nine to five, do my work, get a fat paycheck for that because I was doing what, uh, what was expected. The only problem was I was not doing anything which was beyond the expectations. So um, I would I was just managing good house, car, um, you know, a wonderful family, very supportive partner, wonderful girls. Didn't realize uh, that um, that this conflict was going on in my head uh, until one day uh, I realized that I was deep, deep, deep into mediocrity. So how did you get out? What happened? Did you, were you let go from that job and you had a reorient? Yeah. So 
Then I, I was working with, after 16 years of career and nine years with Westpac, one day suddenly I was told, I was leading a big target operating model, uh, working with five vendor companies. And my manager called me on the day the target operating model was to be announced. The restructure was to happen. And uh, I thought, you know, she, she started saying, as you know, the restructure is happening. And I was like, okay, she's practicing what I have written down as a script for the employees who are to be let go. No. In 10 seconds, I realized that she's saying, I'm talking to you because you are one of the impacted employees. No. I literally went on. No. Yes. So my nine months old baby ate my career. Uh, but no regrets. Honestly, this is what I deserved based on what I was doing. That average game had become too much. They had no other choice. Jeez, did they give you any warning? Did they give you any warnings ahead of time that you needed to do better or anything like that? Or they just they just stayed silent and then lowered the hammer? They stayed silent, but I I feel that it was the best thing that could have happened for me because this was a huge slap in my face. Okay. A lot of times women we go through an illusion that we are managing everything right. And somewhere in that manage managing it, somewhere in that balance that we seek, we fall into the average game. So I had fallen into the average game. And at that point in life, Leslie, I had two choices. One is to take that big chunk of money, which Westpac gave me. I'd worked with them for nine years. and uh -huh. go and join any other company. It is very common thing, right? Uh, the other choice and the difficult one was to really just sit back, take a pause and reflect what happened, why it happened. How did I stay in this illusion of being an outstanding performer, whereas mm. I had stopped being one years back? Mm. And for the first time in my life, I chose a difficult path. So I said, um, let me let me sit back and let me take the help of the best coaches in the world thankfully I had access to them like I had never thought about it before but thankfully I had the resources to go around the world and learn from Tony Robbins and JT Fox uh, you know Mel Robbins some of the best names that we have in the industry for uh, for personal development and it was it was awesome it started a journey within me when I started asking myself uncomfortable questions I realized that that my missing pieces, they all started coming together. And this time when they came together, I saw Shilpa that I had never before seen. And I fell in love with her. What do you think was the behind the mediocrity then? What did you come up with? A lot of things. Um, so what led to mediocrity? One was uh, my own blockers saying that I was an introvert. So yes, I was a shy introvert, but literally over the years, I stopped having a voice. I was unable to speak in the team meetings. It was very difficult for me to speak. Writing was okay, but I didn't have an expression. And having a partner who is an extrovert, he does all the heavy lifting of talking to whoever comes at home. Right. I literally got into my comfort zone where talking, relationships, they were not my thing. And in our career, we need three things. One is performance capital, which obviously I had. The second is our relationship capital, where I didn't do a good job. And the third is social capital, 
which is in the big world, obviously I had no clue about it. So uh, that became the reason for my mediocrity. Wow. And so when you went on your tour, how long was your tour? And you actually went and learned from all these people? You took their courses or what did you do? Uh, the tour is still going on. <laughs> See, oh. One started in 2019, it's going on because I don't think like it's not, it's, it's like six packs. You develop six packs, but if you don't do anything about maintaining it, you know, they are going to go. So every two to three months, I treat myself to these programs. I've learned, I've become a personal development junkie. I love to figure out new things about myself. So every two to three months, I uh, maybe I don't travel. Some I uh, like the virtual world has made it easy for us now post COVID. So um, I I take a program. So I'm traveling this week to US for another program with Russell Branson. Oh wow! Oh, that's great. I love him. I think he's yeah. fantastic. So you actually do though. You do virtual, and do you just go in? Because I'm thinking of the people listening who may want to follow what you're doing explain more in detail what you actually do and how do you decide which ones you're going to go to and how how do you decide which ones you're just going to do virtually and give us an idea of you know it must cost a lot to do these but you feel there's a valuable exchange there absolutely so what i've learned is uh, to put myself in uncomfortable rooms I may be the lowest one there in terms of the knowledge and experience, but that's what I've learned. Those rooms are the ones where I have the opportunity to expand myself. Expansion is uncomfortable, but it is very much required. And that's where you consistently keep going to the next level and the next level. How I choose the programs based on my need. Based on so now I run a run a business where I help others murder their mediocrity, and for that whatever is required when I feel the need of it, based on that I book my next program. Uh, so uh, it's it's totally based on what is required for me at this stage. Earlier when I started, I would sign up for a lot of programs and then realize maybe this is you know I've come to this a little early. So now I. Uh, I plan for it and I love the proximity. I love rubbing, rubbing shoulders with the people who have already done it because it tells me how much more I have to learn. I love the idea of putting yourself in the room where you're the, the lowest person in the room. I think that's brilliant. Tell me what program changed you the most and, and what was it about the program that changed you? Uh, the program that changed me was I would I would give all the credit to uh, Tony Robbins Life and Wealth Mastery in Fiji. So this was at a time when um, my company had asked me to stay for five more five more months because um, they wanted me to complete that particular project. I was the face of Westpac, leading five vendor companies. So they said, "Hang on and finish it." I finished it, and the day I left Westpac. So very in the next two days, I had flown to Fiji to Tony Robbins Life and Wealth Mastery. And honestly, Leslie, you wouldn't believe, but something unfortunate had happened between when they said go and when I actually left the company. All my finances were drained. You know, um, I don't like to say that somebody cheated me because it was totally my responsibility. I didn't take care of myself, but there was just $563 left in the bank. 
and still i chose to fly to fiji at a time when i was totally broke totally broke and um, there what what i learned i think it's it's when you are hungry for it you get the best out of it what i wrote there in terms of my goals for a for a year i surpassed them by five times and it wasn't easy it looks very glamorous like uh, when i look back from there it wasn't easy had multiple failures made myself a laughing stock did things which were totally not required but then i think it was my learning period and within 12 months was able to get to a figure which was five times of what i had written i even share the picture of what i had written in that program i got it in one of my you know almiras um but yeah it it turned out to be my life changing event and how did you know to go ahead and do that what made you say now were you married with your wasn't your husband saying hey wait a minute what are you doing getting on a plane <laughs> when you uh, drained their finances <laughs> what's going on here yeah good question actually my husband was with me in all of that in fact a few months before i left my job he had retired just resigned from um, cognizant he was working for this this uh, company he was a director there and he had just given up his job because he felt he's made for something different and i think he was also part of a uh, part of my journey because when i saw him and literally that whole whole year he he laughs at it he made only 17000 dollars somebody who was earning you know you can imagine what it would be at a director position he just you know because a lot of mistakes were happening on his front he ended up making only 17000 in the whole year so we were in a bad financial shape but then rather than thinking i should go back to job because he's not uh, he's not uh, there's no fixed money coming in i said okay let me join forces with him so we both started the journey with life and wealth mastery in pg and i would say we were so hungry at that time there was so much need we were in such a bad shape life has pushed me to a corner if it had not been for this program any other program i think i would have absorbed it like a sponge because i needed it i was hungry wow and so then what did you do after that you came and that is that when you started your coaching company now talk a little bit about what you do now yeah so when i came back it was like what do we do we have to do this this these are our our money goals i want to write a book i want to do this i want to take my relationship to the next level i want our girls to do this um and started with uh, coaching came to the mind and i said i've always been great at uh, at people things in my companies that i worked for it was not the it it was not the systems it was not the processes it was the people so uh, when i look back in my life i realized that people will come to me to my team as blank papers they had no idea about how to you know how how does this particular team works or how to make myself successfully and i realized that i always had a secret commitment um not to the project but to those people i loved being part of people's success i loved enabling them and over a period of 3 5 7 years you know these people will keep coming back to me for further advices even open up their personal life which told me that the things that we were talking about were working so i pulled out that small element of my job and i said okay let me work with people what i have done for 5% of my life let me see if i can make it 100% 
So I started with two people. One was a cousin and another one was a friend. And Leslie, I was amazed by what these two women created in two months. I thought I got lucky. I got the best people. And then I experimented with three more people. And over a period of time, and when I say time, it looks short, but it took one big, one long year for me to develop a framework which started working like magic because I had it inside me. I'd never given it a chance. So a year of failures, but it, you know, that started my version 2.0. So what do you do now? And um, give us an idea of what that is exactly. So you know how people, after they have worked for 15, 16, 20 years, they get at a place in life, especially women, we get at a place where we start wondering, do we actually love what we are doing? Is it giving us juices? Yes, it was interesting yesterday, but do I like it today? And do I really want to do it all my life? Uh, what more can I do? Is it up to my potential? What does potential even mean? When we start asking ourselves this question, it means, it indicates that you are falling into mediocrity. And I work with people who have worked for, uh, you know, one and a half to two decades, to help them murder that mediocrity. That started by machine murdering mediocrity. I help them get rid of it and step into a life of magnificence. So a uh, life, if, you, if, if you're wondering what does that mean, because it's a very big term, life of magnificence, it's a, it's a place where you are in a flow state, where you're unstoppable, where you're totally unleashed and you are creating wins. Not one win, but first you create a win and you realize it is, it is simple. It is easy. And then you create another win and another win. You're totally unstoppable. And you're enjoying it every day when you look in those eyes in the mirror. And does that mean that you have to change careers? Yes. Yes. I. Um, uh, did you ask that I change their careers? or um... Does everybody have to change their careers in order to feel that again? Or can you feel it again within a career you're in? Absolutely. It is their choice. Whether they want to stay in the same career, 90% of the people stay in the same career. But there are 10% who want to go a completely different path. You want to change from finance to technology. You want to move from corporate to entrepreneurship. That also. Ultimately, at that point in life, when you have worked for almost two decades, if you're not able to choose what you want to do, then it's, you know, uh, we need to really question ourselves. So I enable them to get into what they choose, uh, where they are, if they're happy with it, yes, but it is no mediocrity in wherever they choose to stay. Interesting. And so you would, you would say that 90% of the people you work with end up reinventing themselves within the current career? Yes. And right. what do they do? Do they change their attitude or do they change what they do within that same sector? Or what would you say is the most, what are the, the most, you know, common changes that you see that are successful? Sure. So the root of it all is the mindset. They yeah. are able to get a complete transformation in their mindset. They're able to get to their blind spots. They're able to go through a transformation. What that means in terms of the results, people who have been stuck at a, 
you know, giving some examples at a director level in a large company for nine years, that person was able to get to a VP role in just two and a half months. Plus get the top three awards. I won't take the name of the company, but top three awards in that company. Um, so, so people get promoted in three to five months, no matter where they have been stuck, how long they have been stuck. People get jobs in as short as uh, anywhere between two to three weeks to maximum three months. People are able to double their salaries and triple it in a year. Uh, people are able to get euphoria in their career. People are able to move from a technical role, an individual contributor role to a people leader role. People are able to step into executive leadership. So depending on what they thought that, that I'll get there in 10 years, they are able to get there in just a matter of one to two years. Wow. Amazing. Now talk about yourself and you have a book and where can people find you and find your work? You also have a TEDx. Yes. Yes. So the TEDx talk, which is very close to my heart, it is about my mission of murdering mediocrity. So you can literally find it, search it, Google it, murdering mediocrity, Shilpa Kutresh, you'll find it. Um, the best place to find me is LinkedIn. I call it my home. Even today with this business that I'm uh, I'm managing, I have chosen not to have a website because I, I have fallen enough into these kind of, you know, tactical things. LinkedIn uh, is my home. Okay. Uh, there are real people, there are real designations, there are uh, real faces there. I've chosen to make it as my home. So just... You can find me easily regarding my book. It's called Played Full. And it is, especially for women, I feel when we get started in our career, it is career becomes the focus. And we spend our, uh, you know, our entire time, our entire focus on it until a point when we realize now it's time for family. So we just take a break. We start uh, going out more for holidays. We start visiting our parents more. We start calling, uh, calling people. And we realize in that process that somewhere, you know, we haven't taken care of our health. Somewhere we have lost the energy that we used to be used to have. And this plateful book is about the fact that we can have it all. There's no need for us to strive for balance. There's no need to go in a linear manner. You can have amazing achievements. You can earn amazing money. You can have. You can be on a great designation. You can do what you love. At the same time, you can have great personal and professional relationships and you can have great health, physical, mental, emotional. So that's what this book talks about. It talks about the principle of playing it full and you can have your cake and eat it too. And so just to sum up, because we're almost at the end, tell me what are the three top reasons why people feel stuck in your opinion when you see that? Do you have like three buckets? Yeah, sure. Three top reasons is one is their blockers. They Each one of us have got blockers over a period of time because of the conditioning, because of the family, the background. There are things that crop up in our life and they almost become a part of us. And so it is really difficult for us to segregate ourselves from it and say, these are my blockers. We just can't see them. So the blockers are the first thing. It can be your belief system and we are a product of whatever we believe. 
The second thing is the patterns that we fall into, the habits, the, uh, the rackets that we play in our mind. So these patterns, they were not part of us. When we were born, we picked them up based on our experiences. So these patterns, again, there's so much, so much mixed with our personality that we don't realize that, uh, you know, they are coming in the way of our progress. And the third thing is what we feed, what we feed ourselves with. So if we are watching news, if we are consuming news, I don't remember any time when I saw news. It has been years since I watched news. But whenever we watch news, it's not the best feeling in the world that we get out of it. So what are you exposing yourself to? What kind of friends do you have? What kind of things you are consuming? because it is garbage in, garbage out. So what we consume, it gets reflected in our life. Mm. So if the quality of life is not good, I would say watch these three things. Awesome. Wonderful. Shilpa, it's been wonderful to talk to you. Thank you for getting up early to chat with us. And I hope that people will pick up your book and learn how to get unstuck because that is one of the big issues. You certainly understand it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Leslie. It has been a pleasure. Thank you for this wonderful conversation. Thank you all for listening to this conversation with Chilpa. I hope you learned so much and I hope you realize that even if you are at the end and you have, I can't remember if it was $536 left in her pocket, something like that, what do you do? You don't stay home and cry. You get on the plane to Fiji and you open up your next career. Holy moly, what a story and what a lesson for all of us. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you, if you enjoyed that conversation, you will subscribe to the podcast. Also, if you have the opportunity where you are, give us some stars, give us a comment. I hope you enjoyed it enough to give us five stars. And please also pass the podcast to any friends of yours who you know are trying to reinvent. Come on over to CoveyClub.com and join us over there. Reinvention is much better done when it's in a group. And join the club if you are serious about trying to figure out what you're going to do next and you feel like you need a little support. We have you. As we like to say, we hold a space for you while you figure out what's next. And that's a really important thing because reinvention is not easy. It's scary. You're going to take five steps forward and fall and go two back. But I can promise you, we can get you there. And if you join the club, we have the receipts. We have the support. We have the women who give advice. We have the learnings. We have all of it. And you will be surrounded by amazing women who are as invested in your success as you are in your own. So come join us and we will see you next time. Take care.